Miller Lite, the official beer partner of your Philadelphia Phillies, is proud to serve as presenting sponsor of WIP's High Hopes Pod. So whether you're listening to the game, catching up on the latest High Hopes Pod, or at the ballpark, remember it tastes like Miller time, Phillies fans. Celebrate responsibly. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yo, it is. It is. Another episode of the High Hopes Podcast. I am James Seltzer. That was, of course, Jack Fritz doing his best uh, imitation of me. And we actually have the whole crew together with us as well, even though we're not looking at him. I can look at Jack Fritz. Sadly, I can't look at John Marks. I can feel John Marks, though. What's up, Johnny? Yeah, I'm in a different studio because there's only two microphones in the one studio. But normally there's windows that you can look through the studios, but there's a wall between us. So it is strange not looking at you, but uh, you know, I, I'm I'd rather be in here by myself than than in, in there with you uh, sharing a mic with Fritz. Yeah, <laughs> no, not sharing I, a mic. Uh, it's, we got he, two separate mics. And, and by the way, Fritz was supposed to try his uh, to throw the ball 82 miles an hour today at the Reading game, and uh, and, and unfortunately for him, it got rained out because he wasn't even going to come close to 82. Just, just, yeah. It's a lie. It's a lie. And you know it's a lie. I was going to come close. Even with I don't a know if I was hit it. gun. Oh, uh, get your juiced you got, up gun you got and no shove chance. it. Shove yeah, your you juiced can, up gun. You can tell already that he wasn't going to get there because before he was super confident. And I was like, no, I was I was probably going to get there. I, I asked him there. yesterday and I didn't even need to hear the words. The look on his yep. face showed w- what, what the answer was. I'm incredibly disappointed as well because... I actually believed in Jack Fritz. I was like, oh, he says he could do it. He'll definitely be able to do it. You're no. the one that believed in me. That's, yeah. that's about it. Yeah, but no. here's the problem. Never he, happen again. He probably could throw 70, 77, 78, but he had to go. You know, the 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 the, the young guys make the mistakes, James. They, oh, so he, yeah. he, he had to get a little bit too blustery and go 82. So keep working on the arm strength. Is is uh, is there going to be a, re- a, a reschedule here? or what? I mean, when, when are you going to try this? Of course there's going to be a reschedule. I'm going to try to make it on a weekend so you can you can bring your kids up and so watch I can the come show. Up. Yeah, come and watch the show. Nice. And then James can bring his whole family together. It's going to be a family event up in Reading to some, come see the show. Come on, man. I'll Look see if my, my family from Michigan can come in. Yeah, and it. me and Ranger Suarez are going to uh, long toss in the outfield. It'll be great. Love Ranger Suarez. There you go. Yeah, speaking of which, let's let's actually talk some Phillies here because who the hell cares about Jack Fritz throwing a baseball as far as I'm no, Nobody. <laughs> Certainly not nobody. Bloomsburg. All right, yeah, let's dive in. Let's start uh, with the action uh, that is happening. Now, we're talking in the middle of the one-game. Is it a one-game series? How does that work? The one-game series. The one-game series. After the rainout. Um, so at- is it a sweep? If they win today, right? Yeah. We'll, we'll count it. It would be a sweep, Hell right? Oh, yeah, man. All right, all it's a right. series win, too. That would be, uh, uh, you know, that'd three, be nice. Three straight? Well, well, they kind of tied the Mets with 1-1, one, one, but we'll take it. We'll take it. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. So, let, let, real quick, we're going to get into some minor league stuff coming up. We got some mailbag questions. But with the, the Orioles in Baltimore taking on the Phillies, we get the chance to see Manny Machado, and it gets those juices flowing a little bit. John, I want to start with you. We've heard a lot. This is starting to become a thing, and it's only going to be more and more and more of a thing as we lead up to the offseason this year. Harper, 
Machado. We've heard the Phillies connected to both guys. Obviously, this front office scouted and signed Manny Machado in Baltimore. And the Harper rumors have been years in the making. How do you look at these two guys, and, and do you have a preference between the two? Um, I, I guess all else being equal, I would uh, I'd want Bryce Harper. But I, So here's the question on Machado. What position are you signing him for? Is he a shortstop? As as it's being talked about, is he is he comfortable playing third base? Because frankly, at this point, with what you've seen out of Crawford so far, if Crawford would have had a had a great start to his career or even a good start to his career, you'd be like, well, if he needs to play shortstop, I'm not so sure. But there's question marks about right or wrong about Crawford right now. I, I would go Harper first, and uh, if, if Harper decides that a half billion isn't enough, and he goes back to the to the Nats, then yeah, I'll give a half a billion to Machado. Bing, bang, boom. Can you imagine saying the words "a half a billion is not enough"? Can you imagine? Uh, but I think, look, I think you're right. I think the the minimum each of these guys gets a four hundred, four hundred fifty million dollar contract, and it could go higher than that. I'll get to who I like in a minute. Uh, to your point, I think Machado, the, the beautiful thing about him is he could play third or shortstop. Right. I, I'm in the camp of it is way, 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 way too early to give up on J.P. Crawford. Obviously, he's incredibly young and just getting started. But, uh, look, if you get a guy like Manny Machado in there, you, you take him wherever the hell he wants I, to play and you put him right. in there. I guess my point is that it, it you, you could you wouldn't say no, no to Machado and J.P. Crawford now. It's like, all right, well, he can play third. He can play second. He can really be a super utility player if Franco, the promise that he's showing this year, isn't consistent and doesn't stay there. But anyway, you're talking about two franchise players, and the Phillies are going to be real, real, uh, real players for him. Yeah, I've said multiple times, both here and in other you know, forums that I think they're going to get one of the two. I, I genuinely believe they will end up with one of these two guys. Jack, when you look at these two guys, I've heard you wax poetic about both. You are uh, uh, the beneficiary of the Bryce Harper contract here in the fantasy league we're in together. Where do you come down on these two? Like, it's just so hard to, to, <laughs> to pick one because really it's just like, I'll take either. Yeah. But uh, I think I would take Harper. I, I think I would take Harper. But I, I will say that. If it came down to it, and it was J.P. Crawford, it was Michael Franco, I would trade J.P. Crawford and leave Franco at third base. Oh, that's and then, shocking. And then keep Machado you, with shortstop. You, you're loving Michael Franco. Oh, the upside, so baby. Shocking. The upside of that is way higher than than. Than Crawford, J.P. Crawford and, used to be that was a top five prospect in the sport like two years ago. No, I know. Yeah, but the, I've been re- I was really disappointed. Not disappointed because he had that nice little stretch. But I just want I wanted him to come out sl- hotter. I know he's a slow starter. It's fine, but just I'm thinking the upside wise. Machado and Franco is, is an exciting left side of the infield. Obviously Harper would be insane too because then you have Harper, Hoskins, and Herrera, which is which is awesome. Uh, contract year Harper is, is is a thing. He's only getting better too. And he's this this has been the best start to his career ever, and it's also the best start for Machado ever. They're both gonna get. Over four hundred million. We'll see if they hit five hundred million. Yeah, I don't see them hitting five hundred. But, but I will. I will say, and this is one of my biggest concerns heading into the season was if they came out slow, if they struggled, and then won, they won seventy five games, it's going to be a really tough time selling either of those guys to come here. Now it's a little bit easier. It seems like the culture is really positive. Bryce they, Harper wants to play here. Yep. Let's face it. He, he he loves the fan base. He likes playing here. He's, well, he should like playing here. He's batting about three fifty. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. I think he homers every single time but, he's, he's he's come here. So he it, it may be just shy of half a billion. But uh, Jason Stark put this out. Uh, told me this. I don't know. Maybe not. It might even be two years ago now. He said he said remember this number four hundred and eighty million because if you do twelve years at forty per 
And are, are, are the Yankees going to be in play for him? That are they going to so help insane. drive the price up? You know the Nats want to keep him. Yep. But you're looking at, like, if you want to come off the top rope to make sure that he comes here, you come in with a $500 million uh, offer. That, yeah, why not? That well, gets at that him. point, Because right? otherwise he's probably yeah. making four, 460 or something like that. Is he going 10 years? Now, 10 years isn't enough to get one of these guys. You're talking about a Hall of Famer. You're, you're buying a Hall of Famer yes. unless something crazy good, crazy happens. That's what you're doing. You're buying one of the five to ten best players in the sport for the next decade, very likely, of, like you said, uh, uh, provided they don't get hurt. Well, and I, and I look at Harper more than Machado just because I, I, Machado may, may be the safer player because he's third base and the hot corner and he's good defensively. But I, I, Harper's the better player, the better batter. Um, but you really, I mean, you're looking well, at I know, him. Machado's he, batting 350 this year. 360. I, I, I would yeah. take Harper offensively over Machado year after year. I think he's going to be more consistent. Yeah, I, I come down in the exact same spot as you guys. I think Machado might make more sense from a roster construction standpoint, a fit, like you said, second er, play third short. There potentially could be more of a need there than outfield with the, right. you know, Adam Hazley's of the world still in the pipeline, but... For me, when I look at these two guys, and 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 again, we're splitting hairs somewhat as they are, again, two of the top ten players in the sport. But for me, it's Harper. And it's Harper because Harper's ceiling is just higher than Machado's. It's just higher. We've seen it. The guy had 1,100 OPS in a season. I mean, that is that is ridiculous. At the age of, like, 23 or whatever, I, I, I am with you guys. And let's not – I know he doesn't play as important a defensive position, but let's not demean how good an outfielder Bryce Harper is defensively as well. Sure. Plus the the fire that guy plays with the energy. He's the type of guy. Well, he, he's we, not Philly. You know, that, <laughs> no, that's what we always talk about. Though, like he Philly is guys, Philly. He is so Philly. He is the. And he I is. think that's somewhat of a cliche thing. But like, if you're gonna talk about it, Bryce Harper is as Philly as it gets. If he were here, we would love. He's that like guy. Utley on steroids. Yeah, Utley. Would a player wise, and also not like obviously the hustle is different, but like he's Utley. But like a way better version of Utley. Yes. Oh my god. Like a way better. And like you said, John. Like we're talking about a guy who has the chance to be not just a Hall of Famer, but a high level, like a first level Hall of Famer. Yep. You know, he's not quite Mike Trout, but he's that next step of like greatness. Now let me let me ask you guys something. Who ages better though? If you're got if you're Machado, son, if, I think Machado ages better just because I think his swing is easier. Yeah, like when I watch Harper, there's a lot going on in that swing. Which once he loses a, a tick of that bat speed, I worry about how great he's really well, going to be. Well, and he plays more aggressively, more likely plays the get, outfield, yeah, hit and, the wall, exactly, John. Like he's a, he's not going to regard for have regard for his body. He's trying to make the play. He's almost like a if I'm an American League team, I know that in ten years that he can be a DH. I know in in six years, seven years that. He can be a part-time DH. You know what I mean? Now he's in the National League. Does that mean in his 30s he becomes a first baseman? What exactly is it? Bryce Harper? Is he athletic enough and healthy enough to where he can play the outfield for 600 bats a year? I don't know that. Um, So, yeah, I mean, if you're signing – and we're talking about needing to sign these guys to 10, 12-year contracts – and they're going to have outs if they if they want them. One hundred percent. Yeah, they'll have an out after two years, four years, six years if they want to it's redo good the business contract. Too, you know why, why wouldn't you? Especially when you're. That's the crazy thing about these two coming into this season. 
it's so rare that you see someone at the age of 25, and, and Machado's going to be 26 in July, Harper's going to be 26 in October, guys who are about to enter their physical peak, who are this established, this great already, and heading out in the market. It's why we're talking about record-level contracts, and we're not blanching at it, because <laughs> it is so rare to get a guy like this for, for a decade. How many how many years is he top of his position, both of these guys, top 10 players? Six seasons, seven? Seven seasons, right? Like once oh, you start yeah. hitting mid thirties, depending on the player, you, you start at least tailing off a little bit. Yeah, and I think it's a good point there by Jack in the sense that I do think Machado will age better. His skill set will age better, but right, I, he can play. Th- he if he does end up playing shortstop, he can play third base later yep. in his career because he can still have that range. Harper is either going to be DH, he's going to play one outfield position, or he's he's going to be playing first base. He's, he's not an ideal first baseman. Yeah, he's athletic enough to play the outfield longer in his career. I think it's the the injuries, the yeah. the aggressiveness that ultimately will, will hamper him. And look, it's the kind of thing where if you're investing that type of money in the guy, you're just not going to take no matter how good. And he's not a a you know gold glove you know best outfielder in the league type guy. So no matter how solid he is as an outfielder, he's good. You're, you're not going to take that risk. You're going to do the safest thing to keep that back, keep that you know consistency in the line for as long as possible. Help Wise, um, and look, I think it's a really interesting situation. And we're talking about it on May 16th, which is ridiculous as well. But all right, let me let me throw a, a, a thought at you guys, yeah. and let's take Harper out of the equation. Let's focus on Machado. Obviously, playing in Baltimore now, uh, the Phillies down there as we speak, playing a baseball game. But John, I'll start with you again. With Machado, would you be willing to move pieces at the deadline? To bring him in now, and and obviously, I, w- I think we all assume they're not going to sign the contract then, but I think they probably don't give up anything of real value unless they believe he's going to be here long term. But is that something you'd be, be looking to do, or are you just waiting it out and, and taking your shot? Well, you're not get, you're not getting him unless you're giving up real value. So it, unless you're prepared to give up one of your your top prospect or hey, who's even their top prospect right now, Sixto Sanchez, the, yes. the, the their hitters really aren't doing jack so far this year. So you're talking about guys that you know, former first round picks that really aren't impressing uh, once they became professionals. If, if if you want to give up six though, if you want to give up their their let's say of the top five prospects, you want to give up two of those top five prospects. Uh, yeah, you can have them, but I I don't I don't want them for that. I, I'd rather take my stab at them this year. And it almost like I look at the Sixers, and the Sixers took took us by uh, a little bit of a surprise this year. And the Phillies are taking a lot of people, not the high hopes crew, by the way. We knew this was coming this year, but um, you know, I I almost just kind of you know want to do some tinkering at the trade deadline. You want to try to get Cole. You want to add to a bullpen. You want to uh, bring in a closer. I'm down with that. But as far as mortgaging your top prospects for a rental that isn't even guaranteed, because now you now you have to pay him. Now now he's got you by the balls that you almost have to keep him, and that's. Yeah, you know, he already has all the leverage in there, so you might end up paying six hundred million dollars. Yeah, I mean, if it, if you're guaranteed an extension, right, you consider you it. wouldn't be. Well, yeah, legally you wouldn't be. It would have to be a wink, wink, type a wink, thing, wink, so. a wink, wink, which is fine. But like, for example, like like Brooke over today wrote that he would put six zero in a deal, and I think that is. I think it's crazy. It's, but if, yeah. Are you talking about a wink, wink? He's he's. Guaranteed to come back? Even then, if you think that you have that, I know you're getting him in, so the offers, whatever, you can't give up a guy like Sixto no matter what. 
for uh, in my mind. Let like me it, ask you this: Who would you rather have, Machado or Sixto? Well, I mean, obviously, I'd take Machado, and it's not close for All me. Right, well, you're guaranteeing that. Yeah, but again, like if I think that I can sign him by trading for him at the deadline, why can't I sign him this offseason if he wants to be here? Because now everybody else is in play, right? So you maybe pay a little more money for it. It's a question of money versus prospect. I'll buy a prospect anytime, anywhere, right. and I will. But I know what you're saying, and I, look, I think, and I said this at the beginning of the year to get Machado in here. I'll do whatever it takes for the most part if I know he's going to be here for a long time. But I, I just feel like, especially with a guy like Sixto, the way this, you know, kind of the pitching in this system, that is the guy, that is the crown jewel. Right. Now, if, now if you're telling me that it's not a wink-wink, but you're going to get him in here, he'll be in your system, like he knows Joe Jordan, he knows uh, he knows McPhail, Clentech, all these guys, get him comfortable, right. and you, you take a shot. On, on, I'd give something up. For I would that. give something like it Medina. It would be six, though. Exactly. Medina, Moniac. Like, not, not the top package. Moniac's worth next to nothing. I know. Well, He's well, not even a top 100 prospect. We'll get anymore. into that. Uh, we got a Johnny Marks mini minor league hey, report coming up in a second. Maybe, yeah. ha- maybe Hazley. I probably wouldn't put Hazley in it. But like, Hazley doesn't look great either, by the way. He'll be fine. If, you, yeah. if, you, if you're telling me that I'll get a shot at Machado coming here. And then in the offseason, you know, get him around this team, get him comfortable, get him, I, get him Kapler. If I'm guaranteed Machado's, I, I, Sixto's going, uh, is going to Baltimore. I'll drive him down there. Yeah, look, if, if it's... I don't want to. Right. And I understand what you're saying. And look, the package would be a lot less around that. I would I would struggle to do it. But if you're guaranteeing me 10 years of Manny Machado, yeah, you, I'm with you, you John. Would, you I, would I would do it. it. I would do it for sure. But um, the one thing I'll say, and we're, we've got a minor league report coming up in just a sec, but the one thing I'll say to this philosophically- good tease for a podcast. Eh, what can I say? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm too, too radio here. Uh, He's a teaser. Yeah. Um, what I will say is that philosophically speaking- I think it is incredibly important, no matter how much this team is competing this year, no matter where they're at come the trade deadline, and I, I believe that Clentag and the organization will do this, but they need to have an eye on 2019, 2020, 2021, and not mortgage any of that to compete this year. I want them to compete this year. It'll be fun. If you can add, like you said, Cole Hamels won't cost anything. If you want to add a bullpen arm that's not going to cost anything, a bottom-of-the-bench bat, Sure. That's fine, but in my mind, you can and, – and adding Machado to a long-term deal is obviously a different scenario, but I, I am not paying a lot for a rental if I'm the Philadelphia Phillies. Would you guys agree with that, Jack? Uh, Yeah, well, I, I wonder what a Britain deal would look like, though. Because you've, you've seen some insane deals for, for closers right. or, or Andrew well, Miller. he's a free agent, what, after either after this season or next season? Sure so, this season. This season. So uh, for a closer, a rental closer. But Chapman was a rental, too. Well, and that was got, a, uh, absurd. You gave up a top five prospect. Like, that was stupid. And Chapman also said he's automatically going back to the Yankees once he got it traded. It was so ridiculous. I mean, that's the thing. Like, yeah, hopefully there aren't stupid trades being made. But um, for me, at least, I, I don't know. John, where do you come down on that? Depends. Uh, it, it, of course, it always depends on the price. And I'm trying to look it up his contract right now. But let's just talk about with, with Britain in particular. It's like, it, it depends. Because you know what's going to happen if... Um, <laughs> If if the guy is if the guy's pitching really really well, remember Nishak last year, he's not a closer. But if he's if he's pitching like that, right? And the other thing is, how many other teams need a closer? If all of a sudden the Yankees have an injury, the Red Sox need a guy. You right. know what I mean? It's it it, it just depends you don't what's get out there. Bidding war. I'm for... not giving up a ton to get a closer. I, I feel the same way. And again, I'm not giving up a ton for any a B rental. level a B level prospect. Yeah, I'll give sure. up. Uh, they, they have plenty of B. That, that's the great thing about the system right now. They have plenty. They have depth. 
Yes. It's a great point. They Jay. do. It's they a do. great point. And, and to the point where they actually should be looking to trade some of that depth. The guys who, you know, aren't, you can't have more than 25 guys on your roster at one time, right? Like all these kids can't come up and be here. Some of these kids should be used as pieces to get better players for the major league. They roster. have a lot of four, five, three, four, five. Starting pitcher prospects. They have a t- they have outfielders down in there. I mean, did, listen, Don Cousins. I don't know how much. I don't know how much. Uh, how, Take him. Value he Just has. Darren Ruff two point I don't ever want to see him in a Phillies. Well, I mean, I don't care well, if he hits well, a thousand look, home. Look, well, I, a, I I do want to see him, I but don't want to see this him. is a good spot. Johnny, give us a little quick uh, mini minor league report. Well, it, D- Dylan Cousins actually has. Um, don't care. He, well, I mean, he's he, worthless. Hold on, as I'm, my, I'm sorry, my wife is texting me. She needs dental insurance. Does, does she not understand you know? that oh, we're, we're, we're recording the High Hopes um, podcast? Um, let me see. This is outrageous. Yeah, this um, is like honey. Let's see, Dylan Cousins. So he he Dylan, so Dylan Cousins was in Double A with uh, Reese Hoskins. They call him the Bash Brothers, and they went toe to toe. Yeah, really. <laughs> they went they went toe to toe. Hitting, I, I guess uh, Hoskins was hitting three, Cousins was hitting four, or it was flipped, whatever. And they, but I mean, they, they were one and two in the Eastern League in home runs, and they were killing it. Now Hoskins went to AAA, Cousins went to AAA. Hoskins always gives you a professional at bat. He, his approach to play is great. To where Cousins, I thought he would struggle at AAA because he's pretty much hitting meatballs and mistakes in a in a hitter friendly park. So he went to AAA last year and he really struggled. And uh, Hoskins, meanwhile, uh, is you know now now in the pros and doing fantastic. So Cousins this year started off slow, and I'm trying to pull up his uh, his stats. He's come on a little bit. He has um, he has some good. He actually has some good numbers. Strikes out a ton. He struck out 49 times in 116 at bats. Seven home runs. Has great raw power. Is 24 uh, years old. So he's not he's not Darren Ruff, 26 years old. But um, you know, hey, he does have um, he does still have some potential. If you can try to spin him to another club, is where I was trying to go with it, Jack. I, I'm kind of with you. I don't think he's ever going to be a, a a real everyday lefties can neutralize him. Uh, he's guessing up there half the time. The approach of the plate isn't great. He does steal base. He's a monster, six foot six, two hundred sixty pounds. But if you can use him as value, you do it for sure. Oh, for sure. I'm oh, not saying yeah. not, but like. I, I just can't see him I, ever working. At I feel the same way. Uh, it's the same way I felt about Darren Ruff when everyone was like, oh, Darren Ruff, bring Darren Ruff up. He's the guy. I'm like, no, he's when, not. Hold on. Can we just talk about something for a second? Yeah. When did Darren Ruff get on base 30 sometimes in a row? Like, he, a double just passed him, like, <laughs> a couple days ago. Did he really? Yeah. I don't remember that yeah. one bit. Yeah, Ruff was wow. Ruff was on that he, list. He had a good, like, half season, uh, right? Yeah, sure. The, the Dom Brown of it all. And that's what the Korean league saw, and they were like, "All right, bring him over here. Bring him yep. over. Good for him. Damn you know, right. That's good for him. That's where Cousins will be in a year. Yeah. Hey, I, look, I'm with you, both of you. I, I Cousins is one of those guys. I've just, I've never believed in the underlying skill set. I've never. I, I know he's got a lot of pop, but I've never. I, he's one of those guys, a quad A type guy to me, a guy who will have success at Triple A and Double A, and then you come up to the majors, and it's that that difference in pitching is is enough that that they fall off a map and I've, I've never seen a quad a guy continue 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 and then actually have success in the majors except for nelson cruz he's the only example still, i can ever think of still only 24 remember that just Which tur- is crazy well, no, you know we've been hearing about him for so long well, he's he, not even 24 yeah, yet yeah you would think he's older former second round draft pick he's 24 at the end of this month so just coming up in two weeks or so and uh, listen, Ryan Howard didn't come to the majors till he was a little bit older. So yet you, you do also have to realize that if you trade this guy, you can't just give him. You just can't say, "Yeah, we'll take Dylan Cousins," because if at some point he figures it out or he gets a hitting coach that gets through to him, 
um, I, I would say the odds are he's more of a he'll spend time in the majors. Sure, he'll spend time in the majors, but then there'll be the next season where he can't win a roster spot anywhere, and he starts the year in AAA with an with an out in his contract if he's not in the majors. Cousins seems like an Oriole already. <laughs> yeah, right. But we were just talking about that like hey. before before the the show. I mean, it is unbelievable the the decisions the Orioles have made. John, turn your mic Come off. On. You can't be sending Come out on, directions. Bro. It is off. Well, I was still coming I, through. I, I got to uh, pot it down. Hold on. Uh, there it yeah. is. Hey, yeah, we're figuring it um, out. Yeah, I, uh, and now I forgot what I was going to say. So it's just it's a disaster. Here, D- uh, still going. So let's just listen to him give his uh, give the address here. This we might good. as well just cut this out. All right, yeah. hang on, guys. All right, so we're back, and uh, but you won't hear it. Jack Fritz, the magic of editing, will take out what happened. We just had a little fun thing that happened with our microphones, and John Mark just... Talking to a, a dentist, my, my wife, wife about the dentist. My wife's something. at the at the dentist with my uh, with my two and a half year old, and she's like, "What? What dental insurance do you have?" And I'm like, "I don't know." So then, what's your work address? So I'm having to give her all the details. Uh, Some technical error means they can't stop me from from hearing me. But anyway, yeah. boy, adulthood adulthood sounds fun. It worked out. It worked out. Adulthood is fun, Jack. All right, you you you. Yeah, youngster. Uh, um, all right, so uh, Dylan Cousins, eight at eight. Yeah, he stinks. Uh, John, uh, <laughs> yeah. any any other minor league thoughts before we move on and answer a couple mailbag questions? Well, I, I did. I wanted to talk about uh, the Clearwater Threshers because they're the team every year. Kind of depending on where guys are moving through the system. Like last year, Redding was because of Scott Kingery. The year before that, because of uh, you know you had Reese Hoskins in AAA. Um, and then you had the, the Bash Brothers in, in Reading two years ago. So you know, depending on the years, depending on what, at least for me, where I'm paying attention to what's going on, the, the closest. And this year down in Clearwater is the it's the the Reese Hoskins or the Reese Hoskins, the um, Adam Hazley, Mickey Moniak, and Sixto Sanchez team. Ooh. And what I can say is about Sixto so far, I know you guys have kind of been following it, but Sixto Sanchez, the Phillies' top prospect overall, and then obviously their top pitching prospect. Now, he's only 19, and he's kind of started slow down there. He wasn't getting crushed, but he hardly had numbers to where. Like, let me give you an example. Cole Hamels, through, through his entire minor league career, dominated as a young player. It was a first-round draft pick, obviously, but dominated each level he was at, including AAA before the Phillies called him up. And Sixto, he's been dominating at times, but he struggled when 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 he was when he was sent to Clearwater, and that's the highest level of A ball last year. And then you know so he, his ERA is down to three point five eight, not striking out a lot of guys. Um, the fastball hasn't been up at a hundred; it's been ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven. And I'm going to have um, have somebody on from th- th- that covers the Florida State League to talk more about him coming up in a few weeks. So I know that's we're, we're, Hey, we're talking about people Sixto. cover the Florida State League. Yeah, he actually. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Jason at the. No, that's awesome. I'm um, joke. But yeah, so so he so the, the, their top prospect. You know, hey, he I, I wouldn't be worried about a bust. But guys, you know this when you're talking about a guy that's five foot ten, 160 pounds that throws 100 miles an hour and is 18 years old. A lot can happen totally. between now and when he arrives in in the majors, and if he ever does. And he just he hasn't been, he hasn't been dominating people down there. He's young for the league, but he hasn't been dominating people. Yeah, and his problem, based off what I've watched, is that his fastball is well, it's 100 miles an hour or 97. It's pretty flat. And he needs to work on a two-seam fastball, I think, just to get a little bit more run, a little bit of arm, arm side run. He should be able to generate a lot with his with his arm speed from 5'10". Uh, and also, he, he seems to suffer a bit from the Michael Pineda syndrome, 
where like he doesn't walk people, but he's also in the zone a little bit too much, mm-hmm. and he hasn't learned how to hit the outside corners yet. Uh, throws too many strikes, throws, right? Throws too many yeah. strikes. So it, it's it's the next evolution of Sixto. And again, uh, he is young, but I'm John. I'm always with you on that statement in the sense that you're that age and you know that size, like. I don't know. Like, I love the upside. I can see what the upside is, but I won't believe it's going to work until he's actually here doing it. But there is obviously a lot of talent to be tantalized by. Speaking of that, real real quickly, for the few out there who do care, I literally, I do not know anybody until they are drafted. Maybe I'll see a couple names in the running for the top picks, but we actually have someone here who loves the Major League Baseball draft. Jack Fritz, give us a, a Two-minute take on what's going on in the draft. The Phillies have the third pick, I believe. Is that hey, correct? that's pretty good knowledge. How about that? That's fine. Uh, there's been a bunch of uh, stuff coming out recently. The draft is less than a month away. I think it's like 15, 20 days away. Uh, yeah, it's usually right at the beginning of June. Right, right. And they've been linked by multiple mock drafts by Keith Law, all these guys, insiders, to this third baseman from Wichita State, Alec Baum. He is the, probably the most advanced uh, college hitter in the draft. Major, major upside uh, he's like a big 6'5", lumbering 6'5", but he's pretty athletic. Don't know if he's going to stick at third base. At 6'5", I would highly doubt it. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to stick at third base. I don't know if he's he's great defensively he's enough. He's not sticking at third base. Right, but yeah. the but the the bat seems really, really legit. And, like, I don't know why when I watch him, and this might not be the greatest comp, but he looks like Richie Sexton. And I was really? Like, I used to love Richie I Sexton. I love Richie Sexton. <laughs> um, I was so, a Richie Sexton guy. But he, but he seems like a guy that will move through the system quickly, a pretty high upside uh, hopefully, he sticks longer than Richie Sexton. Um, I mean, he had an all right career. Though, and, yeah. and the fact that they 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 traded or not, they had to give up their second and third round pick this year to sign Santana to sign Arietta. It seems like they're going to go over slot with a third pick. However, if they do go under slot, it seems like they've been linked to uh, Matthew Libertore, this left-handed high school pitcher who like just draft him. Please draft him. Oh, he no. is gorgeous. I uh, see. I, He's so good. I, I, I it's an old adage, and I subscribe to it. Draft hitting, sign pitching. I know, but like he's he's so advanced for a left-handed high school pitcher. Yeah, his, and look, his changeup's really good. His curveball right, handles. Taking Jason Groom a couple years round. ago, we all would have been ecstatic. Now, so I, I well, get that. Well, I mean, he has Tommy John, so I don't know how ecstatic we would. Do, be. Oh, I didn't even see. That. He yeah. was doing great until the Tommy right. John. Right, but yeah. this this guy this guy looks looks really certainly. Really awesome. We'd still be ecstatic over Moniak. I think I'll take anyone over Moniak at the top pick of the draft uh, as it is. Uh, uh, Nick Sensel. Hey, he's gonna come up soon. He's gonna be great. God, yeah, I'm so it's, mad. It's, a bu- it's, it's, it's a bummer because a few of those guys around the one pick did turn out to be pretty good. Okay. Um, okay. AJ Puck still has some upside. He hasn't been great in the go, minors. Go to but go to some upside. Go to Wichita State Athletics and take a look at Alex Baum. He's, the, he's the, a big boy. The picture is no. It looks like a little kid. Really? Yeah, in a suit that's too big for him. Wichita like State fi- always somehow had good baseball teams. So, so yeah. he, from what I read about Alec before, he had a really he had a really good Cape Cod League. And the Cape Cod League is where a lot of guys kind of separate themselves because they use the wood bats. It's a summer league before uh, before they play. And he went up there and he he was I know he was he was tops and batting and home runs and stuff like that. So all right. Uh, let's uh, let's dive in. We'll talk more about the draft as it comes up. I'm sure Jack will find someone else who loves the draft as much to have on the show. Debatable. Um, couple questions that we got in. Let's let's rifle through these real quick as yes. John Marks has to go on the air pretty soon. Uh, we got a Zach Britton question from Marcus Hunt on Twitter at sports talk underscore or at sports underscore talk underscore Jim. Thank you for the question. Obviously talked about that already. Let's attack this one. John Barber on Twitter at Joba underscore dog ass. Which of the Phillies players do you think will be the most fit to play a different professional sport? And what would that sport be? I love these types of questions. He feels like Odable Herrera has a little Jalen Mills in him with the finger wag. What do you guys think? 
Oduble's five ten too, so he he it's it it's would a be slot a, corner. It it's would be a Oduble for slot corner. He's definitely got enough size. Um, you know, I don't know if he's disciplined enough to play defense in the uh, National Football League. Reese would he would he play anything else? I got it's like a linebacker. Here's what I envision for Reese. Reese is the guy that Michael Jordan crossed up in the '98 Finals. Like I think Reese Hoskins played on the Utah Jazz. <laughs> That's what he looks like to me. He looks like a Craig Elo type. Yeah, for the Craig Elo. Reese yeah. Hoskins looks like a '90s power forward. I could see that. I could see that. This big lumbering guy. I feel like he could He's... stretch the floor a little bit. Uh, like, they weren't six four yeah, power forwards no, back in the day. What a slow white guard you're saying. How about Jake Arrieta as a power lifter? Boom. Yeah. Definitely. Olympic lifting. I could Jake, see Jake Arrieta <laughs> UFC. Yes, that is a great answer. Or some site, you know those like lumberjack competitions? He could do that. Too. He could do it. Yeah. No doubt. I like that answer. All right. Uh, Scott Muir also at Scott Muir on Twitter asks, Hi, Jack. So, John, we can shut up. This week. <laughs> Hi, Jack. Why is Pedro Florman on the team? He's a utility guy who I believe is 0 for 12 with 10 strikeouts as a pinch hitter. Don't usually want your pinch hitters to at least make contact sometimes. Jack. Mm-hmm. Well, this Scott. This one's for you, buddy. Well, Scott, the thing is, is that Pedro Florman is uh, two for four today. Suck so, he, so here's the thing: is that Pedro <laughs> Florman might not be a good, he might not be a good pinch hitter, but he's been more than serviceable when he actually yeah. plays. No, he's been and, solid. And you need a guy like that. He's the the uh, Eduardo Nunez, not Eduardo, Abraham Nunez, yeah. well, Tomas Perez. Eduardo Nunez is a as a starter worthy guy, but he's that type of guy who can play multiple positions for you. Florman can play multiple. Well, positions. you just you just need a utility guy, yeah. and he's a fine utility I think guy. He's fine for that role. I think if we're if we're ripping pay the twenty yeah. fifth guy, on get the him roster, out. Yeah. <laughs> who cares? Uh, look, uh, with a shortened bench, I think you need a guy who has versatility. Florman can play most positions. He pitched obviously. He's not the a, wor- he's not the worst utility guy they've no. had. He's better than Bruntlet or Michael oh Martinez. My God, yeah, he's better than Michael Martinez. Oh my God! It doesn't. And get he was in worse. years. He was here for years. Yes, yeah, it does not Martinez. get worse than Michael. That is that is as bad a, a baseball but player like, with a consistent job as you will ever find. Why do why do why do teams keep signing him? Uh, He's literally never been good. He made the last. He made the last time of World series. series. I mean, come on. Yep. Get out. Oh, it's crazy. That was a, a, a good buddy, Brian Coulter. One of my favorite tweets of the year. He's was, awesome. He's like, yeah. He he goes. Uh, Cubs Twitter. Oh my God, what's gonna happen? Uh, Indians Twitter. Oh my God, what's gonna happen? Phillies Twitter. Is that Michael Martinez? That was just perfect because it's like exactly what we were thinking in the moment. And we're also thinking this game's over. Yeah, well, that too. That too. Uh, all right. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Let Marks get on the air. Uh, Fritz, I'll start with you. I, th- I thought we still had more mailbag questions, so Dude, I was not prepared I for I final thoughts. I didn't get thoughts. any more. Did you get any more? If I you, got if, some. Yeah, throw them at me. Yeah, we can do another uh, mailbag question or two. Hold on. I was just uh, – someone Someone had – someone was asking right. if – uh, It's the top of the ninth inning and, and – Listen, we still, have the, we, still have, we still have a uh, final uh, – not final. I we know, still have – Yeah, but I got to go, go, go meet show. with it. Listen, you right. guys can finish up. I'm leaving. Here's what I'm saying. I got to go too. It's all good. So here's what – I'll just leave it like this and you guys can yap as long as you want to. We're going to be doing much longer. We're going to be doing a live High Hopes pod. Uh, coming up, and I, I can't release details just yet, but, but but we do have dates that we're trying to figure out. So you'll be able to come out, and we expect you to come out. It'll be on a Sunday at a uh, at a casino racetrack near you. So that's coming up. Secondly, Jack, I'm going to steal your thunder. Review us. If you listen to this, and I met a lot of people yesterday at the Ricky Sanchez uh, draft lottery party, and I actually today down at Starbucks, I'm like, oh, I'm a High Hopes pot listener. Uh, review us. Get us out there because we're right now the number three Phillies podcast. Uh, Around overall, there, yeah. we're yeah. three. All right, so we, there's no come on. There's no reason we we should be three. Anybody should be beating us. So review us, so more Phillies fans can see 
the uh, the see that we're there, and then that way we just overtake the whole world, and uh, we're pro doable, and we know what's going on. That's so. like pro doable. You are damn. I'm right. out. All right, Mark's get out of your uh, pick. Your favorite of the questions. I'm okay, I have one more. One more from Sean Murray, who has been very vocal about why we still continue to, to rip the people who hate of doable. But listen, listen, we we got hey. we got to rep for our boy. Yeah, it's and, fine. And also because they're wrong, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah. uh, he said, "Do you think there's any particular particular reason why the Phillies are struggling within their division yet having success elsewhere?" That's actually a really interesting question. I, for what I would say, I think it's just too small a sample size at this moment to to really give you an answer. But I think probably the best reason is it's going to be a pretty decent division. I think all four of the teams every team's that, better yeah. than we thought. Better than we thought. The Braves are much better than we thought. The Nationals are are going to end up probably being as good as we thought or close to it. And the Mets, while I think the Mets are the fourth of those four teams competing, are still competitive and better. And if they throw Syndergaard and DeGrom out, you know, obviously not the DeGrom we saw the other day, but if they throw Syndergaard and DeGrom out every every five days, you've got a chance to win two games every five days. So and, and Mats has been better this year than than in years past. So And I don't I don't think there's a book out on the Braves hitters yet. There is not. So I don't think I think the, the the Phillies are so based on numbers and, and reading the charts that I don't think they're fully prepared for this Braves totally. onslaught just yet. And for what it's worth, look, they, I know they're three and six. They should be four and five against the Braves. They should have won that opening day game. It's a lot different record if you look at it that way. Plus, uh, you know, six of the games were in Atlanta. The Braves coming here. The Phillies sixteen and six at home. A much better home team. And the, so. and the Phillies blew the Scherzer start. Yeah, and look again, they've played none of them at home except that three game series with the Braves, and then one and one with the Mets. The rest of those games were all on the road, so right. I think that probably has something to do with it. Right, as well. agreed. All right, any final thoughts, Jack, or any? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I can't believe I saved it for this late in the podcast, but Nick Pavetta is the second best starter <laughs> on this roster. <laughs> no, he's not. Nick Pavetta is the second best starter on this roster. I love you for that. Spot though. the lie. Spot uh, the lie. You can't <laughs> do it. Nick Pavetta, we traded Jonathan Papelbon, that scrub. For Nick Pavetta, who is the second best starter on this roster, who had what? Hold on. 11 Ks today against that team down there in Baltimore, who, like, they still rake. Now, they also strike out a lot. Yeah, strike out a lot. They strike out a Not lot. Not a great offense. Listen, they had a good game. We're, back, we're, we're back on track with, with Pavetta. I'm he with he had a couple shaky starts. I, I Look, he's the third best starter on this roster. Second but best starter on the roster. All right, let's put it this way. <laughs> he is the third best, but, but. On his best day. And not just that, but. I would I would trade Jake Arrieta before I would trade him. You know what I mean? He's a much be- he's a better asset now than Jake Arrieta. The changeup is emerging. If he if he gets a consistent changeup now the, now his last start and again I still need to see more, but I'm very very excited by what I've just seen. just why do you, why are you always I got to see more? Just go all in because I it's the history of the sport. <laughs> it's a good I, thing uh, baseball isn't a, it's know, a, right? a season long game of runs basically. <laughs> like Michael Franco is I know, taking. Oh, I know it's all. Oh, like, he took three of the worst at bats today, and uh, I wanted to jump off a bridge. Yeah, uh, and then he had an RBI hit. So yeah, it yeah, yeah. To, it's just very Michael. Um, but I've been I I am very in on Pavetta. Uh, I wish we could have seen Eflin against the Mets. I I, I want to see more from Eflin. Me too. I want to see if he's good. I'm very. That's where I'm at. I don't know if he's good or not because he did this last year too, and he wasn't throwing as hard. But his first three starts were awesome last year, and then he fell off the table. Yeah, I'm very intrigued. I'm Me very too. intrigued by by. by I, th- I mean, I think that's probably the biggest question mark right now on this team moving forward is is what is Eflin and when Eikhoff comes back, what happens and all that stuff. And, and I think it's gonna be fascinating. <laughs> and, and Velasquez had a off season surgery to get a rib removed that no, no one talked about. No one talked about. So okay. that's good. Um, all right, looks like the Phillies. Probably going to pull this one out here today, which is uh, good news as well, obviously. I wonder who pitches the ninth. Well, I, I, it could be Ramos again. 
We'll Tell, see. Just, just give me Sir Anthony, Gabe. I know, me too. You know Gabe That's listens, all I want. Gabe I listens think, to the pod. Well, we love Gabe. Gabe, if you're listening, we love you. You're the best. We were talking to John Brazier about how much we were both in on Gabe. From the jump, yeah, like we were, we were the, we did podcast. You go back in the archives and say we want Gabe Kepler as manager before he was the manager. Yeah. So can't get much better. Than go us, that. Uh, go us. All right, again, uh, rate, review, all that stuff. It, it matters a lot uh, for for the show and and mostly to Jack Fritz. So please do it uh, for John Marks for Jack Fritz. I'm James Seltzer. We'll talk to you guys soon. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.